Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Eloise and I'm here with Aaron and today we're talking about stress-free dinner planning. Yes, stress-free dinner planning because this is often one of the things that we notice with clients who come on board is, and it's the same sort of conversation, you know, the frustration is they're trying to lose weight and the process around meal planning or meal times is really stressful for them, you know, and specifically Mm. dinners. And it's often the lack of meal planning. Well, that's right. (laughs) And that's why they're sort of in this chaotic mess where Mm. things are, you know, it's really confusing. They're just struggling to make it all work and they're, they're trying as hard as they can, but they're met with all this resistance which is really stopping them in their tracks Mm, trying to please the entire family Mm. trying to eat foods that work for their goals trying to lose weight while also trying to run the family i think is that big driver of stress yeah and a lot of the times as soon as we can get rid of that chaos and have some order to what they're actually doing and take Mm. away a lot of that stress massive things start to change like the Mm. whole process becomes a lot more fun it becomes a lot easier to to do and sustain which is at the end of the day name of the game Mm. and it's the it's great because the fix is quite simple Mm. and the strategy is quite simple and it's really just starting to plan ahead yeah yeah once we can implement that that's uh that's going to be the the ticket there so one of the main reasons why uh, it the situation becomes really tense for a lot of people is because they're trying to change the way they're eating in a, a, a specific way. You know, they may have heard that they need to start eating, you know, specific foods and therefore they're trying to enforce their beliefs and their ways of change onto the rest of their family. Mm. And nine times out of 10, the family doesn't have the same goals or share that, that same level of value on, on what they've found. So they're, they're met with resistance there. Or they're trying to uh, cook different meals, like three yeah. different meals in one night, or they're trying to force their family to eat what they're eating. That's right. That's that's often mm. I, I hear a lot of um, people say that is is I'll you know I want to eat um, what my family's eating. I don't want to have to cook separate meals. Mm. And it's funny that that shouldn't really be the go to anyway. That you should have to cook separate meals for yourself just purely because you have these goals Mm, spoiler alert you don't have to (laughs) (laughs) it seems a little bit um a little bit stressful like you can easily see how that's not going to last and i've definitely been in that mindset in the past as well where Mm. you know i can't eat the meals that my family are eating because they're having pasta or whatever it is and you start to get into this mindset of believing that you have to do things differently if you want to see results and it's just not the case yeah so one of the reasons why this happens is because we all especially when we're new to weight loss or we've been inundated with the information that's just so readily available is this belief around this food is bad this food is good i have to only be eating good foods and in order to lose weight yeah in order to lose weight and it's Mm -hmm. it's often not the case but the problem is these beliefs are running through your head and you've been told this stuff over and over again and therefore you're trying to enforce this and and put constraints on yourself even more Mm. when you've got all these other external factors going on as well which makes it really really difficult and that's really the problem with a lot of the diets that are out there because you know often we've been as you said inundated with this advice of you have to eat specific foods Mm. over years decades yeah and so then when we come in and we're like, well, you don't have to eat specific foods, 
it's normal yeah. that you might be going, well, who are these guys? That's bullshit. I, I do. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have to eat them. Yeah. Because I know that that's what a lot of people say to me. Yeah. It's like, well, I get what you're saying, but I just don't see how that would apply to me. Yeah. I just don't see how I could eat bread and pasta and still lose weight. And to that, I tell you that most people don't actually try to do it. So it's really just coming from these old beliefs that they're just ingraining in themselves. Mm. And, and then when they do eat the bread and pasta, they often then overeat it because of the fact that they have this rule that it's not allowed. Yeah. And so it just reinforces that belief, even though it's not a belief that's actually true. Yeah. And just on that point of, of the beliefs, I heard a quote and it was actually from a business mentor that we had, which was really good at breaking those belief patterns really quickly and getting you to understand them. And it's like, if you're going to fight for the limitations, you get to keep them. Yeah. So if you're fighting tooth and nail mm. for these beliefs about, I have to eat these specific foods, like you're going to keep those restrict those constraints mm-hmm. and everyone else can go about living their life and you're going to be constrained by these uh, beliefs purely because yeah. you're just fighting them. Well, also because you're, as we've spoken about on many other podcast episodes, your brain will continue to find evidence to reinforce whatever belief that you have. Mm. Whether it's true or not, your brain is going to find the evidence. So if you tell yourself, I can't eat bread and pasta and lose weight, your brain is going to find evidence of that one meal that you ate and then the scale was up the next day. That's right. And your brain's going to tell you, oh, see, that was the bread. that you ate when that's not actually factually true that's right that's right (laughs) so in the end you've got you've kind of got this perfect storm happening on the one hand you've got the rest of your family who don't necessarily want to change drastically what they're doing Um, so they're giving you resistance and then you've got the beliefs of you know good food bad food i'm allowed this i'm allowed i'm not allowed this Mm -hmm. which is causing more stress and then you've also got the stresses of daily life which uh get amplified by these other two things as well. So we've got this mm. this perfect storm happening. And the lack of planning too. Well, exactly. And that's that's the key thing. Mm. We've gone from a lack of planning in the beginning to all of a sudden like trying to do it, you know, really, really difficult. It's all happening and it's mm. no wonder that, um, you know, two weeks into doing that, you're just like, this is really just not not going to be um, worth it. Mm. It's and really often, hard. And often people blame themselves as well. They'll say like they'll start to blame themselves as to like why they can't stick to it Mm. and think that it's their fault. But usually it's just the wrong plan in the beginning. Like you're trying to do too much. You're trying to do two things too specifically Mm. rather than working in your meal planning to what works for you and your family. Yeah. And the truth is that you can lose weight and do that. And I think that a lot of people are stuck in this belief pattern that they can't just eat normally and also lose weight. Yeah. You can. And I also believe it's actually required. If you want to not only lose the weight, but then also keep it off, you have to learn how to eat with people, with family, with whatever food is in front of you and not overeat it. That's right. You have to have all of these um, situations still happening as they normally would. Like you can't go out and control that part of, of mm. the environment. Like tell everyone like when I'm eating, you just can't be around me. Like that's just not <laughs> realistic. When we're sort of in that stressful situation, you know, we've, we've got all of these stresses happening. Mm. It takes us away from being able to tune into our physical hunger cues. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. Like if you've listened to our stuff before, you know, we're very big on listening to your body's hunger cues and that is Mm -hmm. you know you're eating only when you're physically hungry 
you're stopping at the point where you're about 80% full. So we don't want to be eating to the point where we're really stuffed. Mm-hmm. We want to eat to we're just satisfied. And that's that's a really, really big driving factor behind being able to lose the weight and keep it off for long term. Yeah, it is the cause of weight loss. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you eat when you're physically hungry and stop at that 80% full mark, you will lose weight guaranteed. Mm. But yeah, a lot of people don't either understand that or be implement it because yeah. they're operating at this such a high level of stress that their brain is not thinking about, well, how does my body feel right now? Their brain is thinking about all the million other things that they've got to do, the fact that they didn't plan, yeah. the fact that this kid wants to eat this, their husband wants to eat this. Yeah. They want think they have to eat this. And it's like, then there's just this crazy mess, mess. <laughs> in their brain. And so, yeah, the hunger signals go right out the window yeah. and they'll end up trying to quickly put some meal together and then they'll sit down and they'll rush it while they're eating and then they'll probably end up overeating. Yeah. And then they're just, again, reinforcing that belief that they can't lose weight or that it's really difficult when if we just did one simple thing by planning ahead ahead of time and making it simple for yourself and your family, you're going to eliminate a lot of that stress around meal times. Yeah, exactly. So this simple system, um, and by simple, we mean it's simple. Like mm-hmm. this, the, the key to sticking to anything is make it as simple as you possibly can. Yeah. The more complex it is, the harder it's going to be. And the more likely it is you're not going to follow it. Yeah. So the first the step number one is what you want to do is either grab out a calendar or a piece of paper or something that you can um, write down the days of the week. And then what you want to do is also grab a pool of all the recipes or meals that you know you like, your family likes, everyone sort of has said, oh, this meal is good. Like mm-hmm. think back, you don't have to have obviously like recipe cards, but it could be just like a specific meal that you've cooked before mm-hmm. multiple times and bring that all together. Yeah. Uh, you want to have like a bit of a database that you can sort of sort through and go, all right, these are the meals that we might have this week. These mm-hmm. are the meals that we're going to have this week. And mm-hmm. everyone has that. Um, you don't need to go and look online. I mean, you can if you want, but Think about things that you're already having, that you're already implementing. Mm. And the key there is things that you're already having, things that you already like. Yeah. Not we're, Note that we're not saying go out and find a diet recipe book or yeah. look up the latest diet blog. That is not what we're saying. Like personally, I like to look up different blogs for recipe ideas and I collect those together or we use recipe books Or really, we just think about, okay, what do we enjoy eating? And we we think about that and put that, those meals together. Yeah. And if you do try something new, always just keep a mental note of, you know, this meal was really good. Like Mm, we all- The family enjoyed this. Yeah. Yeah. We all enjoyed it. And you put that in the pile of like Mm. to revisit. If something is, you know, not a good hit, then put that in the pile that you just don't come back to. But you don't want to just go in fresh and try to go- all right, now we're going to have seven new meals this week. Keep it simple. Start with what you're already doing. Yeah. So step number two is what you want to do is then get everyone's input. This is where a lot of people go wrong Mm -hmm. is because one person takes the lead and they run with it and they go, oh, I need to be eating all these specific foods and they come back with all this you know, rabbit food and the rest of the family goes, what are are we supposed to be eating? Like, I don't want to eat this. And then that's where the the chaos starts. Mm -hmm. So you want to get everyone's input. Make sure... Um, you sit down, like if you've got a family, sit down together and go through that pool of recipes and get everyone's input. Like, you know, does yeah. your son like this? Does your daughter like this? Does your husband like this? Does your wife yeah. like this? 
make sure you've got everyone's um, two cents yeah. on everything, what what they want to mm-hmm. have, what they're willing to, to change or, or compromise on. Like, yeah. uh, At this point, I think it's also a good idea to decide if you are all going to eat the same thing mm. or if you do want to eat separate meals because there's nothing wrong with doing that if that's something that works for you and your family. Yeah. Some families just don't always eat the same thing. Yeah. That's perfectly okay. But if you do want to be eating the same meal and only cooking one meal, then this is the time to get everyone on the same page. Yeah. Make sure that everyone is at least eight out of 10 satisfied with, with what meals you're collecting here. That's right. And so step three is to look ahead at your week and consider what's coming up. So this is again where a lot of people you know, fall up mm-hmm. is they don't look at the week ahead and they don't anticipate, hey, on a Thursday, that's a really stressful day for me. Yeah. I'm a little bit pressed for time. So um, don't cook a gourmet three-course meal on that night. Yeah, go for <laughs> Make it easy on yourself. Like put the options that are easiest to prepare mm-hmm. on those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and even look at, you know, delegating tasks to, to other people. Like what could be a really good idea and what I've um, actually done with some clients before is, look at you know what family members can do what on certain days so you know the one family member doesn't have to cook the entire meal but you might have two or three people who are preparing dinner that night someone might be cutting up the vegetables other another person might be doing something a little bit different work as a team this is the the chance for you to sort of all pull together and make it easier on everyone and try to make it a fun experience as well like i don't think that planning meals or i'm I don't think that making meals have to, has mm. to be this stressful, rush, that's crazy right. time. It can be fun. That's right. And, that, and that's, that's a really good point, especially like if you've got kids, you want to impart on them that cooking is a fun process mm-hmm. because if, depending on the age of the kids, like that's going to then form their beliefs when they grow up and become exactly. older as well. Like if they hate it as a, a kid, they're going to hate it when they're an adult and mm-hmm. it's going to be much harder to change and you're going to impart that onto them. So once you've got an idea of what your week looks like, you've got, you know, which days you want to plan quick options or maybe which days you need to make more so that you've got leftovers for the following days, then what you can do is just write down on each day of the week which meal you're going to have and who's Mm. going to be involved. Yeah. Then what you're going to be left with, you want to make a list of all the ingredients. So go through all the recipes that you've got, Mm. make a bit of a list, form it into a bit a grocery list and that is what you go to the shops with and buy yep. so that you know everything that's on the list if you buy that you've got everything prepared you don't need to be you know worrying about if you've forgotten this mm. or you've forgotten that because you've already planned ahead yeah just makes it really easy so you can just have all of your dinners sorted and of course we're specifically talking about dinner but of course you can do this for breakfast and lunch yeah. as, as well um, but dinner does tend to be the meal that causes the most stress for most people. And that's why we're specifically talking about dinner. But yeah, once you've got your grocery list of all the ingredients you need, then you can go and buy them all and have your fridge stocked for the entire week. That's right. That's right. And then step number five is tying it all together and you want to stick to the plan. Make and- sure that you put the plan somewhere where your whole family is going to see it if there are other people involved so that everyone knows what's coming up. Yeah, that's right. And that's as simple as it gets, guys. That is how you can really turn creating a a dinner schedule for the week much more simple and a lot less uh, stressful. And therefore, it's going to be easier for you to stick to it for a longer period of time, 
to start making taking away that stress and therefore be able to tune into your hunger signals which ultimately drive the results that you're wanting to get mm-hmm. so that's it for today's episode guys we wanted to keep this nice and short and simple as you can probably see the plan was short and simple this is is really a simple process to go through if you have dinners and they're really stressful at the moment try this out for yourself implement this with you and your family and get everyone involved make it a fun process and at the end of the day it's going to be much easier to sustain guys we hope you got some value out of this episode Uh, we hope you got some good takeaways try this out for yourself we'd love to hear how it went and we will both see you in the next episode